I've been playing outdoors since I was a kid, standing by the front door at around two years old, hollering, side, side, trying to get my mom to let me go play outside. Now, after 30 plus years working in the outdoor business, I'm dropping insider conversations every week with brand leaders, guides, marketers, CEOs, and others that make the outdoor business a trillion dollar juggernaut that drives product innovation, revenue, and public policy for everything outdoors. I'm Rick Says. Welcome to the Outdoor Biz Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host and the editor-in-chief of Miles to Memories. And as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts tonight. First, managing editor of Miles to Memories, Mark Osterman. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty darn good. Can't complain. I'm excited for this show. we got lots of good stuff ahead. And also joining us Today is Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and the Saverosity Observation Deck Podcast. How are you doing, Joe? What's up, guys? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm sure you're good as well. Banter over. Uh, well, that was quick. Uh, obviously, Joe doesn't want to talk to us, Mark. Well, I'm sure we're less sweaty than you are, Sean. I lost a significant amount of sweat today here in Florida. It's really, really... Uh, this is my first time down in Orlando in August, and it is definitely an experience. Um, have either of you guys been down here in the middle of the summer? You describing your sweat uh, just lost us like half our listeners right right there. <laughs> I didn't bring up the sweat. You brought it up, Mark. <laughs> that means there's five people left, so. Actually, I don't sweat. There you go. So, you know, there you go. But, uh, no, I mean, I had a great time. Your, your outright lies just lost us the last five. <laughs> well, well, what can I do? Just can't please everybody, Joe. You just can't please everybody. Indeed. Yeah, I've been in uh, Orlando in the summer, and, yeah, it is pretty brutal. Uh, especially if you're wandering around a theme park, which I know you've been doing a lot of. Yeah, I did that. And of course, uh, it's certainly bearable and, and okay. You know, uh, life could be worse and the showers tend to roll in in the afternoon to cool everything down or make it more humid, depending on how you look at it. But I, I think it's worse. Yeah. You just feel steam as soon as the showers are done. Yeah, it's a little bit of a break, like when it actually starts raining and I feel like it cools a little bit. And then as soon as they stop, it does tend to get hot. But that's what you got to deal with if you're going to come down to Disney uh, in August. So if you were inside McDonald's, it'd be air conditioned and you could play video games and stuff. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I got to I got to do that. You know, I got to head over there. Maybe I'll head over there in the morning and uh, send you a picture just so you can uh, (laughs) live vicariously for me. I mean. You got to find like a a weird uh, like girl doll in the background to take a selfie with. So, so we can do it every episode. Every episode, okay. Yeah, it's a good tradition. What have you guys been up to? I've been at the parks, but uh, what have you guys been doing? Uh, I've been messing around. I just put some flights on hold uh, to Japan next summer, thinking about booking them on AA, but you know, giving myself five days to think about it. No return flights yet, but you know, that's what's going on right now. I found a board space for five, so I like to jump on that kind of stuff when I see it. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. For five people. And what about you, Mark? Uh, the kids started school a couple days ago, so just kind of running around with all that stuff. But I did do, do a little searching today, trying to find the flight back, because I booked the flights uh, for our trip to Kiev and Prague. We haven't booked anything back yet, so I was looking at that today, but I think I might have to wait a little bit longer till some space opens up. You know what I was looking at today that I still haven't booked? My flight home for tomorrow. <laughs> That's how terrible I am. I just so can't believe how far ahead and good you guys plan, and then I'm just so terrible at that. Well, you're just by yourself right now. I'm sure if you know, it was all four of you, you would be uh, much more on top of things. And of course, I mean, domestic stuff isn't as big a deal. I mean, uh, I've been, 
I don't know. I've been doing this a lot lately. We were here down in Orlando in May, and uh, we flew here to Paris, and I didn't book that ticket till about three days before we flew from Orlando to Paris. So, and the way Paris home, same thing. I don't know. There's something wrong with me. Well, if I if I had your miles, stash, I I I wouldn't stress about it either. And I and generally I get really good redemptions last minute, so it's really worked out. Once in a while, it does backfire, but I certainly uh, have the stomach for last minute bookings. But I'm envious of uh, you, Joe, for searching a year out. Although for five people, I don't that you have much of a choice but yeah it's pretty tough it's pretty tough hey so what's your quick thoughts on star wars galaxy's edge in california compared to or florida they're they're largely the same the one in florida is a little bit bigger which i actually like it gives a little bit more um space in the sort of forest area but uh largely the same so i don't think you're going to have a significantly different experience if you visit disneyland or if you visit walt disney world i still think that the success of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge largely depends on Rise of the Resistance, which is the ride that has yet to open. Until that opens, if that ride is as good as uh, promised and as good as we hope, that will be great. If not, uh, Disney may have some issues because the land still feels a little bit dead. It feels lack of sort of energy. It doesn't feel like you're in a real town. Um, It still feels like you're in a theme park, despite the amount of detail that they put into it, which is pretty tremendous. So, yeah, I mean, I really like Galaxy's Edge, but I was one of the first people to say, you know, Disney, this is great, but it's not enough. And and hopefully with Rise of the Resistance, they will deliver the, you know, the complete package. Yeah, because what, is there only like two rides in there right now? And one's pretty much like a video game? It's not even really a ride? There's only one right now, which is kind of like a video game. Uh, and then the second one hasn't even opened yet. So they opened a land with only one ride open, so I don't. It does seem like a bit of a misstep on their part. And, it's, and we're talking about 14 acres, so th- this is a large chunk of land in both parks. So you're walking through large areas where there isn't a lot going on, especially if you don't want to spend money because there's a lot of shops and things like that. Again, I am a tremendous fan of what they did. I just feel like it's not quite alive in the way that they had originally said, and th- that's certainly easily fixed with uh, different interactive elements they could add, and then. I do believe Rise of the Resistance, which has always been the premier attraction of this land, and that's probably why it got delayed because of all the technology in it. Uh, I do believe that will be uh, fantastic at the end. But yeah, the the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run is the ride that's open right now. It is like a video game. You either fly the ship, you uh, shoot, or you are an engineer, so you grapple things with the hook and you try to steal stuff. But it's largely dependent on who you're playing, who you're riding with. It's up to six people per car and. Honestly, I've ridden it 10 times now across the three visits that I made to Galaxy's Edge on the two coasts, and uh, I'm very, very bored with it. There's no difference ride to ride. So other than crashing a little bit here, do you shoot this? Do you get that? You know, so it's it's sort of, I hope that they have some uh, other tricks up their sleeve with that ride to overlays and things like that to change it up a bit. Has there been any other land that opens up with or or that is active right now that only has two rides? That seems like a big waste of space. And they're just trying to grab money for people to eat and and shop there? I mean, the interesting thing is, to me, you know, they opened that land that's about Avatar. And there's only two rides there. And no one really gives a crap about Avatar. But I really enjoy being in that land. Um, And, you know, the one main ride, Flight of Passage, is great. And the secondary ride, it's fine. Um, But there's only two rides there. At the same time, like, I really enjoy visiting that land. I wonder if... You know, it's a product of low expectations. Like, who gives a crap about Avatar? Yeah. Not me, but it's super cool when I go there and, like, I feel very immersed in the land, whereas maybe people had higher expectations for Star Wars. Plus, Avatar Land or um, Pandora is smaller 
Um, and so I wonder if because it's smaller in some weird way, it doesn't feel as disappointing. Yeah, I think that that might be a lot of it is uh, uh, Pandora World Avatar is much smaller. And also uh, Flight of Passage is a fantastic ride and it's certainly on a level above uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run despite both of them being simulators. So yeah, I, I think that uh, Pandora World Avatar sort of is, is popular, although people do criticize it for you know black lighting and things like that that Disney did instead of using LEDs everywhere. So uh, there certainly has been some criticism of that, but I think in the end, five years down the line, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is going to be a huge success. It's going to be incredibly popular on both coasts. In fact, I think starting next week, you're going to see three-hour lines for Smuggler's Run here in Disney World, so or Walt Disney World. So uh, I don't think it's a failure. I don't think it'll be a failure. I just think that Disney may have to tweak things a little bit to make it better. And then Rise of the Resistance, again, by all accounts, is going to be a pretty uh, astronomically good ride maybe the best ride Disney's ever made. So if that delivers, it'll still be, this will all be uh, sort of forgotten. Guess we'll find out. Yes, we will. And so uh, we are about to head into the news. We have lots of great news stories for you this week. Um, also some talking, uh, I, we promised on episode one that I'll talk a little bit about uh, the story of Miles to Memories and my story. If you haven't listened to episode one, it's now live on our feed. Yeah, go ahead and uh, take a look. Milestomemories.com forward slash podcast. That'll be where you can subscribe uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Music, every major uh, podcast app is. Uh, we have links there for you to subscribe. And uh, now let's get into the news. All right, our first news story today uh, is we're going to talk all about Atlantic City. Now, Mark, you uh, just got back from Atlantic City, right? Yeah, just uh, last weekend I was there with my wife. And one of my favorite things to do is to status match. Uh, I started this like a long time ago. I've matched uh, airline status from airline to airline and made it stretch out for years. I've matched hotel status. I once famously got Hilton stat, diamond status through a match, and then they rematched me a year later. Um, so all kinds of great stuff you can do. And in Atlantic City, there's some really good opportunities to make some money and, and get some great status, free nights, free slot play, right? Yeah, there is uh, three main matches that you can do when you're there. Uh, you have to start with a, a level of status at first. Uh, so the easiest one to get is Caesars Rewards diamond status. You can get that uh, through their partnership with Wyndham Rewards. Uh, so... If you have Diamond with Wyndham, they'll give you Diamond with uh, Caesar Rewards. I keep wanting to call it Total Rewards because they just changed the name this year. But uh, yeah, so you the way to get uh, Wyndham Diamond status, because nobody wants to spend that many nights in a Wyndham hotel, trust me. But, Super uh, 8, baby. <laughs> they'll, they'll try to rip you off the entire time. But, Road uh, way in. <laughs> the way to status match to Wyndham Rewards is to have status at another hotel chain. Uh, easiest one would be Hilton. Uh, if you have a Hilton uh, Aspire card, then you automatically get diamond status, which which transfers over. It will match to uh, to Wyndham's diamond, as well as if you have the newly renamed Surpass card, or oldly renamed since it was Surpass and then Ascend and now Surpass again, which is annoying. You get gold status with that card as well, which matches over to diamond status. So those are two easy ways. Uh, the Surpass is only $95 a year, so you can easily make that uh, sign up for that card and and get the status pretty quickly. Uh, if you have status with Marriott or uh, Best Western or any of the other major programs, they will also match over. So then you, when you get to uh, Atlantic City, you already have diamond status with total reward, well, Caesar rewards. Now, do you have to stay at a roadway in just just so you can <laughs> revel in the in the status that you get? I think that you should match your your good status with one of the great programs. Stay at a roadway in, see what sort of benefits you get, then. Uh, go to Atlantic City. Although, 
um, you know, Atlantic City is kind of like, like a, a roadway. roadway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that part of the whole thing? It prepares you uh, for <laughs> getting Wyndham status. Prepares you for Atlantic City. So Ro- roadway ends are probably the only ones that are still fifteen thousand points a night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they changed that. I remember when they first launched that. That was really exciting. So yeah. So just to backtrack a little bit. So Wyndham, you start there. You get you get status there from any number of programs that you get the status from a credit card. You're, now you're Wyndham. You can go to Roadway Inn or you can just go um, to Caesars and match that to Caesars Diamond and then yeah head to Atlantic City. And what are you going to get in Atlantic City when you get there? Yeah, Atlantic City. They'll uh, uh, if you go to Hard Rock, they'll match uh, you to their uh, upper level uh, status, and then you'll get a hundred dollar free play. You get two nights that are active right away. So if there's a room at the hotel that that comes up as a free room. You can book it that night, which is pretty sweet. If you go like off season or during the week, you have a, a shot at doing that. And then you get uh, two tickets to the comedy club at the Howie Mandel Comedy Club, and uh, you get access to their um, their lounge as well, or the or you can get two buffet passes, two access to the lounge or two buffet passes. So that's that's a lot of value right there. And the free play usually, if you play slots, you can probably walk away with eighty eighty dollar ish, seventy dollars to eighty dollars somewhere in that range worth of money. Uh, just when we're talking about free sl- free slot play, for example, that's basically you have to play through all your play, right? And then whatever you've won through playing through that, you can actually cash out at the end and do that, right? Yeah, you uh, you have to make a bet. So basically, if you make a dollar bet and you win a dollar, then you, get, you can cash out that dollar. So you have to bet it all, the $100, you have to bet all the way through at one time, uh, but you don't have to use it all at one machine. They let you pick $10, $20, whatever you want to do, and you can hop around machines. Uh, so whenever you hit a, a, a small jackpot or get some money, you just constantly hit the cash out button and get a ticket that you can turn into cash uh, when you go to the uh, cashier station or, or one of the machines. So you just keep playing, and as you hit stuff, you cash it out, cash it out, because you don't want to go too far to where you start using money that you've earned. So I always just cash it out as soon as I can to make sure that I'm not using any of the uh, money that I've already made. Yeah, definitely. And for anybody listening, and, and I'm only having us explain this just because I know not everybody ha- understands, uh, you know, they don't go to casinos often and deal with how they do the free play. So pretty much all these free play offers that we're going to talk about are all, all work the same way, right? Yeah, correct. So you did Hard Rock. And for those who don't know, Hard Rock is the former Trump Taj Mahal. Does it look the same as the Taj Mahal did, or did they do a lot to to change it, upgrade it, anything like that? Did you know? Uh, I'm not sure because I I never went there when it was the Taj, but uh, it's it's pretty nice inside. It's it it reminds me a lot of the Hard Rock in Vegas on the okay. interior. Uh, the design they have, the the colors. Um, there's a lot of Hard Rock theme stuff, so it's a pretty cool hotel. It's one of the nicer ones. I'd probably say it's uh, well, Ocean might be a little bit nicer, but I'd say it's top three in Atlantic City, which isn't saying a ton, but. Well, speaking of what might be top three, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I this is actually uh, one of the casinos I stayed at. Uh, the Borgata was the next place that you uh, that you matched with, right? Yeah, Borgata. If you, I already had uh, gold status with them because I matched Hyatt to back and forth between the two, so I could get uh, some lounge access certificates through Hyatt because they they have a partnership, but that's now dead. You can't do that anymore. So I already had status with them, so I couldn't do the match. But my wife didn't, so she was able to go in there and and get gold status through M Life and she got a hundred dollars in free play. They give you one night which you can book right away if it's available. And that that hotel's the nicest one in Atlantic City. It's beautiful. Room rates go from, you know, two hundred dollars up to five hundred dollars depending on the weekend and, and the time of year. And uh they also give you enough comps to either 
get two people into the lounge or to use two people in the buffet. So we decided to do the lounge for the brunch, and it was a nice setup. They had an omelet station, uh, meat carving, free drinks, alcohol, which you wouldn't get in the buffet. So that's a nice reason to go there versus going to the buffet. So that was an, a nice comp, and we turned that into like $70, $75 in uh, money off the $100 free play. Yeah, I, uh, I did that match a couple years ago. Um, I didn't, I don't gamble, so I didn't actually use the free play. I felt so terrible about that. I had to, I thought about asking somebody if they wanted to play and then like splitting the money with them. In the end, I just didn't do it. But yeah, I, I um, was able to get a free night. So I, I, I matched there and then I had another night in Atlantic City. So I matched, they gave me the free night the next night after I matched. And of course I got uh, free entry into their, their lounge, which uh, is really good. I mean, it had a full buffet, top shelf drinks, everything else for free. And because I got those uh, $25 in comps. And yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful hotel, as you say. Reminds me a lot of the more modern uh, M Life uh, casinos in Vegas. Certainly a really nice place to stay. Joe, have you ever stayed at any of these hotels in Atlantic City? I stayed at the Borgata, I don't know, close to a decade ago uh, for a bachelor party. And that was pretty fun. Um, I don't have much to say about Atlantic City, but I will add that Encore, the new casino in Boston, is also doing free play status matches. Um, up to $500 if you're like M Life Noir. So, you know, I'm M Life Gold uh, for my high globalist status. So I got $150 in free play, which, you know, was pretty good. I mean, I left with $100, which is more than the zero that I started with. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty amazing offer. And that hotel, um, as all the Wynn slash Encore hotels uh, in Macau and in Vegas, it just looks really amazing and beautiful. Um, they're in Boston. I, I saw it from afar a couple weeks ago. I didn't get a chance to go in there, but. Uh, I saw your pictures as well. It looks really amazing. Yeah, it's nice, but the minimums are like super high. Yeah, I, I just enjoy that stuff from afar. Like I go all the way to Macau and just walk around the beautiful uh, buildings and I don't gamble. So I don't understand how the casino stuff works. Picked a weird place to live. Yeah, I mean, gambling everywhere. So I guess when it's everywhere, it doesn't really do much for you. But I do love to look at a, a building. It's weird, isn't it? Isn't it weird that I like to go like all the way to Macau just to go walk around casinos and I don't gamble? No, it's not that weird. One of my favorite things to do in Vegas is just to wander around and bask in the opulence. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy that, too. I'm glad somebody else is. Maybe we're just both weird. I don't know. But uh, there's one more match that we need to talk about in Atlantic City. And this is actually one I think a lot of people will be interested in because it has a tie-in uh, to Hyatt, or at least the hotel does. But uh, So it's a property probably people may have heard of, uh, Ocean uh, Casino Resort. Uh, so what was what happened there? They just made their offer worse than it used to be, right? Yeah, so, sorry, I was uh, busy looking at flights to Boston so I can take advantage of that free play offer. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. I really Fenway go. Park I, and Encore. There you go. I, I really want to go That's a great now. weekend. Thanks a lot, Joe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ocean, they used to give you a, uh, I think it was two nights and a $75 free play. So I was all pumped for that, you know, $150 between me and my wife uh, to play. When we showed up, they had changed the terms to where it's a, they'll cover your losses up to $500 in the first day, and they'll give that back to you four to six weeks later in free play. So if you lose $500, they'll give you $500 in free play, and it'll come in $25 chunks uh, that you have to come back for. So it's actually, if you're in the area or you know that you can get back there, it, it's probably the best offer because you could technically gamble $1,000. If you lost the 500 then you get the other 500 in free play. And probably walk away with a, a real loss of 150 to 200 dollars. So that's a lot of play for a little bit of risk. And then you can also you have the upside where you can make big bets or play the larger slot machines, hoping 
that it pays off big because you know you have that safety net of the $500 that they'll give back to you in free play. We didn't take advantage of it because we knew we wouldn't be able to get back there in time in, in the 46-week window. But anybody that lives in like New York City or Jersey Shore, Philadelphia, you know, within a, a couple-hour drive, you can definitely take advantage of that. And you'll have those free nights from Hard Rock or from Borgata that you could actually use when you go back. So that's kind of a nice tie-in that if you do all three of these, you can go back, take advantage of the hotels, and get more free play um, from the losses that you had at Ocean. So. That's kind of a cool way to double dip it, I guess you could say. Yeah, so bottom line, there's lots of uh, opportunity and value that you can get in Atlantic City through those matches. And uh, Mark did write, do a full write-up on the site, milestomemories.com, um, to, for of the full Atlantic City status match guide, so you can see all the offers, uh, see exactly his experience, and then how you can get the matches. It's a great, uh, a great guide and a great opportunity. Plus, do not forget that you'll end up with some sort of Wyndham status, which should help you at the roadway in. Also, I'll, I'll be doing a follow-up article next week that shows how to really maximize it, that you can go for a whole weekend and not spend any money and come home with money, and that includes dining, uh, drinks, everything. So look out for that, too. Awesome. All right. Uh, well, thanks, Mark, and uh, thanks, Joe. And uh, I know everybody's booking their trips to both Boston and Atlantic City right now. I guess it's time for a break. Today's episode is brought to you by Travel Freely, the Miles to Memories recommended way to organize your credit cards. You basically sign up, you put in all your information, it'll track your annual fees, your bonus dates, your 524 status, they track all the best offers. I know, uh, Joe, you just signed up for it recently, right? Yeah, I did. Um, You know, one thing that I was pleased to see, I was kind of, you know, obviously I have my card information and my logins uh, loaded into various online ways to keep an eye on your miles and points, but not only your miles and points, but like your money as well. And so, you know, with all the data breaches lately, even though I kind of think it's a foregone conclusion, I'm going to get hacked one day uh, with all the data breaches. I was concerned that travel feel travel freely would want me to put in my logins again. But so I was kind of glad to see that it uh, asks you to input your cards manually. And I, inputted a few cards manually and I found it pretty useful because it tells you like it gives you reminders of like when you have to finish spending your bonus or when your annual fee is coming up and things like that it's all stuff that I've tried to do on a spreadsheet before but um, you know I'm always very good about putting the cards in at the beginning but I'm very bad at checking things in later so you know I like how it seems like it's gonna remind me about what's going on so um, yeah good experience so far and we'll check back with you as time goes on uh, because they do have all kinds of great reminders and and things that they do over time too so you'll get to discover that as i have so yeah basically travel free is a great tool to organize your credit cards like joe said you don't have to put your login information in there and most importantly it's completely free so you can sign up uh, right now uh, at miles to memories.com forward slash go forward slash tf pod that's miles to memories.com forward slash go forward slash tf pod travel freely all right and we're going to talk this is the first time i think that we're really going to go in depth a little bit about a credit card and i think that we picked a good one because uh just this week apple launched what could be what may be someday very soon the biggest credit card in the u.s as certainly I know a lot of people are going to sign up for it and use it. It's the Apple card, um, and it's definitely trying uh, to do things differently than than other cards have before. Um, Have any of you, uh, have either of you uh, uh, considered uh, getting an Apple card before we go any further into the details of it? No. (laughs) All right. Well, no. 
I'm Captain, very, uh, Captain here. hard pass. I'm a very uh, non. I mean, I'm not like completely anti Apple, but I'm certainly not super pro Apple, and I am very looking forward to hearing you talk about why this card even needs to exist because I didn't even know it existed until you sent me the show notes. Okay, well, I don't know. Well, I'll just give you the simple uh, answer, uh, TLDR, for uh, why it needs to exist. And it needs to exist to make Apple money. That's why it needs to exist. But uh, does it well, yeah, make I sense? Got that part. I got that part. <laughs> but does it make sense? I don't know. But let's take a look at the at the details of it because Apple is doing some stuff that's different, both different and interesting uh, with the card. So let's start. It's a cashback card. Um, you're going to earn what they call daily cash um, when you use your Apple card, and it's going to earn 3x or 3% back at Apple on iTunes, the Apple App Store, uh, the regular Apple Store, in-app purchases, things like that, your iCloud storage plan, Apple Music, so all your subscriptions if you're into that ecosystem. So if you're in the Apple ecosystem, you're going to earn 3% back on all of that stuff. Um, I will counter and say things like iTunes, you can generally get gift cards for 15% off. Um, so to even most days, even when there's not a sale, you know, 7, 8 to 10% off. So uh, you may not be doing yourself the best service by using iTunes. They just added uh, Uber and Uber Eats as well yep. as, as options. And, and they use the term select partners, which right now they only have Uber and Uber Eats. So they're sort of hinting at the fact that they're going to add more. But, of course, they don't have any more. So we can't base or judge this card based on that. So 3% on that stuff, and then 2% back uh, when you use Apple Pay. So you can use Apple Pay on anything, or anything that you can use Apple Pay on, you're going to get 2% back, which isn't the worst thing in the world. And then uh, if you can't use Apple Pay and you actually swipe the card, it's 1% back. So that's sort of the the earning structure on it, which, have I got you guys excited yet? No? (laughs) I mean, come on. Super excited. Oh. Man, I'm not yeah. doing a good job yeah. here. I need to channel my inner Steve Jobs in order to, to sell this. Uh, well, wait till you see the card, Mark. Um, this card, actually, we're going to talk about uh, getting excited. There is one kind of cool thing that I think about the card is it looks pretty darn cool. It is a titanium card. It's made out of titanium. It's white. And also, it has no annual fee. That's something to, to note about it. So no annual fee. You actually get a titanium, really nice-looking metal card uh, to stick in your wallet without having to pay a $500 annual fee. There is a caveat that it apparently gets stained by certain things. So they have a whole instruction thing about how to clean it and all that stuff. So it's the first credit card that you have to clean. How about that? So you have to have like a a little pouch with fairy dust in it to keep it looking nice. Otherwise, it's going to turn blue from your jeans. Something like that. Yeah, it's basically dyes will turn it uh, a color other than white. But I mean, it's a very simple looking card, white. Uh, you have the chip on it, your name on the front, and the Apple logo. That's it. Um, I think it's quite attractive. I do have also seen uh, some hints that American Express is sort of trying a new design on the Platinum card that sort of looks a lot like this. So we'll see uh, if Apple can really sort of move the market on that. So the earning we, we know, and we'll talk about alternatives here in a minute, but the earning we know is uh, pretty you know, average, I'd say. There are a few things that they're doing pretty well. And Joe, you just talked about um, you know, different personal finance apps uh, that you can download to load all your accounts in and things like that. Well, Apple is really trying to make it simple for people. In their wallet app, uh, you can track all of your spending. It'll automatically categorize everything for you and have it right at your fingertips. Um, so you're all within the Apple sort of ecosystem. Um, it'll show you where exactly you bought something on the map. So everything is sort of visual within the wallet app and broken down for you so you can easily budget it's all sort of color-coded, 
makes it really, really simple and pretty. They also don't want to charge you fees. So, I mean, there's some interesting things here. But I guess for you guys, it's really more about the earning, right? I mean, it's definitely about the earning. And, you know, I don't want to offend Apple people out there. But to me, this is just Apple in a nutshell. They simplify things that you are perfectly capable of doing on your own. Um, and then they make it pretty with colors and people throw thousands of dollars at them. Yeah, I mean, I would argue, um, though, this has no annual fee. I would argue that this uh, card is definitely more innovative than a lot of no annual fee cards from Chase, from Citi, from these other banks. They really are giving you features in their app um, by automatically categorizing spending in a very visual way I haven't seen the other uh, bank apps do. Um, they also have the uh, payment is due at the end of the month, every month, so uh, it's very simple to track that. Um, they will remind you when your payment's due on your phone, obviously. So it's just all automated there, as you said, make it very simple. Again, they're not going to charge you late fees or interest or penalty interest um, if you're late. I don't. Uh, I was trying to dig really deep into that to figure out like if you're habitually late, what they're going to do. My guess is they'll probably just close your account. Um, so I don't know if at a certain point they start charging that. And what's really uh, the last kind of cool feature that I noticed kind of going through this is if you go into your, your Apple Wallet account uh, and you're going to try to pay the card, and let's say you're paying less than the minimum or less than the full amount, which you should always pay the full amount, don't pay interest. But if you're doing that, it will tell you how much interest you're going to pay. So if your balance is $200 and you're paying 100 right there as you're making that payment, it's going to say, okay, only pay 100 but that's going to cost you $10 in interest. And I think that that's actually really good and really helpful in order to, I don't know, hopefully help people be a little bit more responsible. I, I think there's some actually cool things here that maybe will filter through to the other more mainstream banks, and that's uh, pretty good, and I'm a little bit excited about it. I'm not going to personally get it. We talked about earning. I mean, what sort of alternative cards do you think people should consider if they're, oh, the Apple card is cool, they think it's really cool, what should they get instead of the Apple card? I want to add one more thing. Um, besides the payment that tells you how much the interest will be, which I thought was a, a good idea, um, I like that they have it set up that you can just text with issues and they'll respond to you via text for 24 hours, like 24 hours a day. If you have an issue, you just say, hey, this card, you know, I got to deny it on my card or whatever. And they'll respond quickly, which I thought was nice versus old style banks where you send a secure message and maybe a couple hours later, maybe next day they'll get back to you or you have to go to Amex chat, chat, which those people are worthless. I've written about that before. So I thought that was kind of a unique, unique way to get things done quickly and it makes it easier to use and, and take care of any issues that you have. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the large takeaway here is that Apple's actually doing some stuff that's different and good. And, and as somebody who follows credit cards, has a lot of credit cards, is into this space, I really hope that some of the things that they are doing will be brought sort of put pressure on the other banks to be better and to make it a better experience. So that's sort of my hope. I, uh, I don't know, but, uh, certainly if you're really just looking to get the best return, I mean, well, let me ask you guys, what are your, if you had to take your everyday card, what, what card are you using or what card do you recommend? I mean, I would say if you just had like a city double cash, it would be better than the Apple card and you can put it in a mobile wallet. It'll work the same, except for you're getting 2% wherever there isn't mobile wallet so you're getting two percent all the time and then i mean how often do you buy apple stuff and then you can get it usually get a discount by buying gift cards or something for that stuff so that's good my favorite card uh for every day is probably the blue business plus but i know not everybody can get that because of it being a business card but that gives you two membership reward points uh for every dollar which is should net you a three percent return on every purchase up to fifty thousand per year so 
that's a great car that blows it out of the water. It has no annual fee as well. So those are just some options that are better than this. And you can put them into a mobile wallet and it's the same thing. And the cards don't turn blue when you put it in your pocket. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, I know people will sign up for it because it's Apple and they love Apple. But outside of the customer service aspect that they're getting into, which is unique, everything else has been done. Even uh, Venture Card has... They'll give you the rewards the next day, so that's not even new. They're making they they like to make it seem like it's new, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. You know, I think double cash came to mind, but really, like any two percent card, you know, I think is gonna beat the Apple Card for me. It doesn't even look like it has a sign up bonus, and I don't love using mobile pay unless you know I'm getting extra rewards out of it. Like you know, I know Samsung Pay gives you like extra points and like an extra. It's kind of like a separate ecosystem that you can earn rewards in while you're using Samsung Pay. And then the other thing is that, is this daily cash? Like, can I just cash it out for cash or do I have to use it on like Apple stuff? Because I'm not going to spend that much money on Apple stuff either. Yes, you can. This is the weird part uh, that I don't really understand what they're trying to do. But you have two options to cash out your daily cash. You can get a green dot prepaid card that they load your apple your daily cash onto and then just use it like a debit card so it's another card you got to get in order to use your daily cash or you can just apply it as a statement credit so i think that's probably what most people will do got it i think they said you could send it to friends too via text message you can use your cash to do that as well but yeah and i just think that like on miles to memories all the time i see posts about when itunes gift cards are 15 percent off um and so you know is that going to be better or worse than the two percent on your on your apple card i mean i suppose if you really want to have the apple card you can go buy those 15 percent off itunes gift cards with mobile pay at wherever uh and hopefully get 2x on those but you know it's just it's just too much for me i agree i don't think that it's the right card for certainly for our audience i do think that people just want simplicity or people who only use debit cards i think that you're going to find a lot of people signing up for this um, but I definitely recommend alternatives. You said City Double Cash. Discover It, I think, uh, is great. The first year you're going to get uh, get a cash back match or Discover It Miles, you get 3% the first year. So there's some other uh, offers that you can get that are better, certainly. And then if you use your mobile wallet pay a lot, uh, the Altitude Reserve from U.S. Bank earns 3x on all mobile wallet transactions. So uh, if you want to pay a fee, that has a $400 annual fee. But there are better options for you, too, if you're spending a lot via mobile wallet so definitely not the best card for everybody but it's a card i think we're going to hear a lot about and hopefully some of these more unique features will filter through uh to some of the other products and maybe it'll put a little pressure on chase and city and american express to be a little better yeah or we'll just see a google or android card come out yes all right and uh lastly we're going to end we ended episode one with uh the stories and the history of joe and mark in, some, in a move that I know gave Joe great pleasure, we ended up having to cut my story out of the first episode and push it to episode two. Um, I, could, I could feel Joe smiling through the microphone at me because he doesn't want to hear my story, I don't think. As, I'm smiling as, as largely cut. as I'm frowning right now. What you didn't know, Joe, is that I spent now two extra days preparing myself for this great story uh, about myself. So I let's sit go, here with bated breath. Yes, so. let's go back in time uh, to a place. Let's go back to how about the 2007. And, and at that point, um, I was working in mortgage. So I have a background in banking and I've been doing that for a few years. Really, really stressful. 
had a conversation that changed my life. I actually talked to a coworker and she was an older lady. I'd say uh, at the time I, I was 20 and she was probably in her mid fifties. So older to me at that time. And she had a son who was grown and she talked about how once when he was little, uh, her husband and her and, the, and their son traveled to Europe for a month and, you know, got on uh, trains and took them city to city. And she described this amazing uh, thing. And that awoke something within me. Uh, my son was born when I was 18. And my wife and I had stable jobs at that age and sort of were already on the track uh, that we've continued on. But I really didn't think about traveling, even though that was sort of a tr dream as a child, because I was just worrying about being a parent and a husband and sort of starting my life. And that sort of that conversation changed everything. And all of a sudden I realized, hey, let's just sell everything and travel around the world. Have you guys ever had that thought? No, I, I like being at home too much. Yeah, so I didn't think so. Most people don't have that thought when they have a conversation with somebody about traveling, but I did. And so I thought about it for a week and I did a lot of research. And then I went um, about a week later, I took my wife out to lunch and I said, I like the whole lunch. I just had it through my head. What am I going to say? And then at the end of the lunch, I said to her, why don't we sell our house and travel around the world for a couple of years? Have you guys ever told your wife that? Every, every Wednesday, every Wednesday. <laughs> No, we, we talk about our dreams. I was actually are. planning on doing it after that we finished recording yes. this episode. Sean inspired our, me. Let's go sell everything and travel around the world. No, most people don't do that either. So I don't know uh, what, what sort of was within me, but surprisingly, she said yes. So we sold our house. And it, it, that was, I think, in August of 2006, actually. And so we had a long uh, drawdown process. And in April of 2007, we left. And we ended up 18 months on the road with our son, who was he, he was six years old when we left. He was eight when we got back. He's 19 years old now. It was an amazing time. And so we spent a year and a half just traveling around, came back. I sort of went back into the grind and uh, sort of realized that corporate life wasn't for me. And during our original trip, I had blogged the entire time. Um, really just for fun, writing about our travels. And so I had kept that online and then just decided to sort of rebrand it in 2013 after leaving my job. And, uh, you know, fun fact, I was really trying to get hired somewhere else. And I actually flew all the way to Austin at the time for an interview with Million Mile Secrets. And I was one of the finalists for their uh, managing editor position back in 2013. And uh, obviously I didn't get chosen. But uh, so then I decided, hey, why not? got that job. I'm, I'm, su job. I'm super happy about that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it turned out okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I forget the guy's name. He's a really nice guy. I've met him. Um, obviously, uh, Million Mile Secrets has gone on to great success, was bought by uh, Bankrate, now owned by Red Ventures. And uh, I never had anything to do with Million Mile Secrets. But uh, that certainly getting uh, chosen to fly all the way to Austin and meet with with them was something that gave me the inspiration to, at the time, rebrand our blog from back in the travel days uh, from Family Around the World, which was the name of it, to Miles to Memories. And uh, that happened in late 2013. Since then, you know, I've continued to travel. Uh, my wife and I have been married uh, almost 19 years, and uh, our son is 19. As I said, he's been to around 60 countries, I think. I've been to close to 80. Uh, we waited a long time and uh, had another kid, and uh, that's Ellie Skye, and she's four years old now. And she's been, I think, to a dozen countries and been all around, and she'll continue to travel. And, you know, I don't know what else to say about my story other than, for some reason, travel ha became something that I had to do. It's been so much a part of my DNA since 2007, and I'm really grateful that not only I started the site, but also that 
I was able to, uh, we didn't use miles and points back in 2007, 2008 very much, but certainly those experiences of budget travel, of staying in hostels, of uh, staying in guest houses, of traveling with a child, all those things sort of brought me to the next level where I could find travel rewards and then ultimately learn a lot about them and then uh, share them with other people on the site. And then eventually that's grown and here we are today. And the only thing I could say more than anything about my story is how truly grateful I am for that conversation I had, for the realization of that dream, and, and honestly, uh, for, for the site and for the growth of it. And I'm truly a blessed person, and I've had a blessed life uh, up until now. You forgot to bring up that you, uh, were, you worked at Frequent Miler for a while. Yeah, I was actually a senior editor at Frequent Miler for two years. I actually uh, owe a great deal to, to Greg from Frequent Miler. After uh, not getting the job at Million Mile Secrets, I, I really started Miles to Memories. And within a year, it started to really grow. And uh, Greg from Frequent Miler reached out to me and he said, hey, do you want to come write for me? And I said, sure, but I have this site and I'm not giving it up. And he said, okay, you can do both. And so for a couple of years, I actually was the senior editor at Frequent Miler. I wrote um, all their guides and I wrote every deal that came out and a lot of other stuff there. And I also uh, worked on Miles to Memories. And then as that continued to grow, uh, it became time for me to leave. But certainly a great part of my uh, progression and the progression of Miles to Memories uh, happened uh, with uh, working for Frequent Miler and Greg. And uh, I'm sorry that I initially forgot that. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's my story, uh, the story of the site. And honestly, uh, so here we are, uh, three guys who uh, love to travel with their family, love Miles and Points and have been doing this quite a long time. And I think that we bring that uh, perspective and that sort of unique uh, look into this world. And that's sort of why we wanted to get together to do this every week. All right, and that's uh, the second episode of the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, Big reminder and do us a favor and please subscribe. It definitely helps us out. Uh, If you really like the podcast, you've listened to it, please consider leaving us a five-star wonderful review or uh, review just sort of telling people what you liked about the podcast, what did great. Um, if you need more time to listen, go ahead and do that. But please subscribe. We have all the links to subscribe. Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, was it Last FM, Stitcher, everything that you can think of at milestomemories.com forward slash podcast, milestomemories.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening and uh, see you next time. For some reason, Google music, huh? Google plays <laughs> Google play music. Okay. It's Google play music. That was poor piss performance right there. Yes, indeed. <laughs> So I thought a lot about that, and I'm still sticking by the fact that poor and piss mean the same thing, so you can interchange them. You can put them in any uh, order that you want. Poor so. is an adjective. <laughs> piss is a noun. No, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs>